Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, we are days away from the 2018 year, calendar year closing. We are moving into 2019. How are you feeling about that, Ramin? I don't know how I feel about that. It's uh, this whole month of December has gone by really quickly. I feel like a lot of things have happened, but we are back to podcast it with you. How do you feel about the year of 2018 coming to a close, Kyle? Well, personally, of course, it's been an interesting year. I mean, these past two years, we just want to talk about basketball in general. Uh, the basketball is always going to be good. And um, I've got to see a lot of good action, especially, you know, not only just at our, our showcase event, you know, back at December, December 8th there, uh, a lot of good Christmas time tournaments going on. And uh, we're going to touch on some of those today. Uh, but a lot of good basketball, girls basketball, boys basketball, all over the state of Georgia. And if you want to know what's going on in the state of Georgia, you have come to the right place, Spielin' and Dealing, the official podcast of SandySpiel.com and the leader in Georgia high school basketball. You know, Ramin, we will tell it straight. A lot of people don't like it straight, but we're going to give honest opinions and uh, we're going to back up those opinions today and in the past and in the future. Yeah, we try our best to you know, give opinions, and that, that's what they are, opinions. I guess everyone's entitled to one, but I don't understand why we would be any less entitled than anybody else's opinions. And nevertheless, we mentioned holiday tournaments. You are out to see a lot of them. We'll start with the Lake City Classic, always a big tournament with some good matchups. You were there for a day and a game. What did you see there, Kyle? You know, first of all, it's, uh, you know, they did not promote it very well, and it's kind of sad. Hopefully they'll be able to, you know, get their footing and get everything uh, back to what it once was, uh, change in leadership. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the teams there were all very good. And we had, I think it was about like eight ranked teams out of, I'm, I'm thinking 16 total teams there. And I, I saw a lot of interesting stuff. I saw Kel, who, uh, they slid into the top 10 in class 5A, had them ranked number nine. And uh, they came out to play, and they scored a win over Cedar Grove, who was number three in Class 3A, handed Cedar Grove their first loss of the season, 61-46. to And uh, Kell was impressive, and that's a team that's really balanced. I mean, they got a good freshman guard in Scooter Henderson. Uh, he didn't do too much scoring. He had 10 rebounds, though. But this is a team that there's not going to be a lot of star players. There's not, you know, you can't just key in on one guy. And, uh, you know, talking to the coaching staff before their game, they said, we can play fast, we can play slow, we're going to play good defense. And that's what they did to beat Cedar Grove. And, uh, you know, a guy that's probably not one of their leading scorers, but Xavier uh, Presley was very impressive. He was about six foot two, but he he played bigger than his size, could play above the rim, had 17 points, seven rebounds, two blocks. but Kale had a, a really nice win, and then I wasn't able to catch the next game. But they followed that up with a, a 55-54 win over Elka. And Elka, you know, they're number three in Class A private, and that's a, they're a good team, and they're going to be right in the mix of things. Um, they, they should likely be right back in the Final Four. But watching them, they kind of, you know, once they face adversity in the, uh, you know, the fourth quarter, it gets a little – you know, a little squirmish watching them play. I mean, they had that meltdown earlier in the season against Mount Bethel. They're going to send them on the line. That, that ended up to a Stanley E's easy uh, layup, and that ended up beating them. 
And, uh, you know, we saw that the Sportal Showcase against Grace. And, you know, yeah, all those games were tight and close. And they were doing pretty well in the first half. But then once Grayson, you know, kind of hit him in the mouth in that second half and third quarter, they just ran past him. And I worry about Elka, especially in tight games. And once we get there in the, the state tournament, if it's a close game and they have a lead or they're down or whatever, if they have a lead, especially and a team comes back and, you know, they all of a sudden they're down two points, they're down four points, and there's five minutes left on the clock. How are they going to respond? I kind of worry about that in close games. Now, they did have a good close win over Green Force um, a couple weeks ago in overtime. That was impressive. But against Kell, you know, they lost by one point, and I just worry about them in tight games. I would like to see Trevon Reddish control the game a little bit more. He's going to College of Charleston. He's got to be able to control the game and, you know, be that Division One guy that's going to be a leader out there. They've got too many good guards to be losing close games. Uh, uh, but again, like I said, I don't want to have a knock on them. Uh, they'll they'll be right there. They'll be playing, contending for a state title in Class A private, especially with you know Kelvin Jones has been so good. He's been their leading scorer, super consistent. He's been knocking down a lot of three pointers. He's been very good. Uh, Makai Cameron, he's he comes and goes, but he's a guy that can get really hot and you know a six five wing, very good. Uh, and then Felix uh, Uadiale, I probably pronounced that wrong, but uh, a very good, you know, motor guy inside rebound. So they got all the pieces, but I just want to see them when they hit adversity late in fourth quarters. They got to be able to pull these games out of the fire, especially considering how they are, you know, just loaded with seniors. I want to see them win, uh, you know, closer games, close games down the stretch. And Kyle, at the Lake City Classic, you also saw Theral in a couple of games. What did you see from them? Farrell is mightily impressive. Now, we've talked about this before, uh, the death of them. If they do die, it's going to be their shooting, and that's not only three-point shooting, which they're, they're shaky. You know, they'll hit three or four tops in a game, but their free-throw shooting is very, very sketchy as well. Just So just overall in general, just they're not a good shooting team. Um, but we saw them beat Decula, who is, you know, they've been – you know, they've been horrible. They don't play defense. They they find ways to lose games, uh, and they've gone zero and three at the Lake City Classic, and they have a lot of talent, but they've been terrible. But Farrell has been they that's they're the complete opposite of them. They just find ways to win games. And again, Rashawn Frederick, we saw him first at the Sportal Exposure event. This kid is an all-state player, and you know he might be playing his way into Division One looks because he's been that good as a junior. Um, against Akula, had 26 points, nine rebounds, three assists. A lefty, he's their best shooter on the team. He's not going to take too many threes, and if you contest him, he's not a great three-point shooter. But you know, you leave Rashawn Frederick open, especially at the top of the key, he will knock it down. He is very good, and what separates him, I put a tweet out the other day, what separates him is just he is such a good rebounder. He is willing to smash bodies and go in there and get the ball. And you couple him with Robbie Armbrester, who had 24 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks. Now he's a very iffy free-throw shooter. I mean, Farrell is just going to pound teams inside, and they're going to dump it down low, dump it down low, high low with him and Cameron Fordson. And when you got Roman Sun running the fast break, he knows how to get the ball out in transition make the right reads uh gets a lot of steals sometimes be a little shaky with his turnovers uh, but 
you know, they run, 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 run. And they were able to do that. Dekula tried to run with them and they played the man to man, which just two no no's. If you want to beat Theral, you gotta pack it in in a two three zone and you gotta get back in transition and limit their fast break opportunities. Um but Theral they they, they proved they can run and they they, they beat Dekula that way. And then sixty seven, sixty five, they pulled out a tight one against Mill Creek, a uh, very well coached team that kind of wants to play more in the half court and defend you. And even then, Farrell pulled it out. Uh, Roman Sun fouled out with 2.44 left, but Robbie Armbrester was big inside. Again, Rashawn Frederick doing uh, important things. Uh, Farrell, just very, very, very impressive what I saw from that Class 2A team. And, again, they might be the most talented team in Class 2A, but, again, it's all going to come down to matchups, especially if teams are long enough inside and can make them become an outside shooting team. But Rashawn Frederick and Robbie Armbrester, stock up, stock up, stock up up and take us through eagles landing and alexander yeah that was a great a great game those two teams met uh just the other day and that was 51 50 alexander pulled that one out but eagles landing they're tough man now eagles landing number four uh over there in class 5a uh they're they're a really tough team um keith lamar was very impressive a junior so i was kind of compare okay how's keith lamar compared to Rashawn Frederick both juniors both about six foot four six foot five uh Lamar is he he's steady now he doesn't really take over games like Rashawn Frederick does and he's not as crafty as far as getting to the rim but there's a lot to like about his game he's got to really keep an eye on he's got a great frame talented player would not be surprised to see if he ended up with some division one looks uh, by the time he's a senior he's good he looks really good he makes some good plays but then he kind of can disappear at spots and he's just a guy he's you know he can take over games but he doesn't always take over games he had 11 points five rebounds two steals had a crucial turnover that kind of sealed the game but cj hood he's been really good there's a lot to like about him as well you're a six five guard he can shoot a little bit he was getting into the paint at will had seven of his 11 points in that first quarter but then kind of take off but cj hood a really nice player he's got a tennessee tech offer and i think he's going to get some more offers i don't know if they're going to be at the division one level i wouldn't be surprised to see some more low major division one uh but i know division two guys are really licking their chops about cj hood he's a very good player and uh, Kershawn Thrash, he's a bowling ball. I mean, he moved in from Monday's Mill. He really gives Eagles Landing some toughness. 11 points, had nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block in their loss to Alexander. I, you know, I like him a lot. I don't, I don't really know what position he is because he's so versatile. He plays pretty much, he can play all the positions with that size and that frame. Um, he's very good. And just wait, once I get the big uh, six foot eight center he's going to be eligible come january uh, 22nd that'll be interesting to see eagles landing at full strength but i want to take a look at alexander um you know malik battle he is uh he's wired to score he's a great jump shooter can be a little over animated a little too feisty at times he's got to you know stay focused he can get technical fouls and he loves to trash talk uh, but you know you can't take away from that he is definitely a competitor and he is a gamer he had 12 points in that win cj hawkins made some really big plays down the stretch uh, another 6-4-6-5 wing that rebounds helps out a lot he had 10 points brady spence did not play his best game against eagles landing but when you look at it all said and done 11 points had the game winning free throw split a pair of free throws with 33 seconds left to give him that 51 50 lead 11 points eight rebounds four blocks 
probably the best rim protector in the state of Georgia, if not the best, uh, definitely top two, top three. But Bryce Robinson, six foot seven, junior off the bench, has that curly redheaded afro, you know, everything. He, uh, he, he was really good. He was really good. He might not look the part when you first see him, but he's got a pretty good body, got some good build to him. Six points, five rebounds, two blocks. He was very important, especially in the first half, scoring the ball and rebounding. Uh, but both of those two teams very evenly matched. And I don't know what's going on today. We'll, we'll probably put this out after the fact. But going into the event, I said Theral versus Alexander is my championship prediction. And my championship team prediction-wise was Alexander beating Theral. But, again, uh, you know, we covered three of those teams, Theral, Eagles Landing, and Alexander, I think, head and shoulders. They were uh, above above the rest. But Kel sneaky with just how fundamental and how good defensively and how balanced they are they could come in there and kind of spoil the party and so Kyle you were also able to catch two games at the big south shootout what did you see there and we'll start with the boys which I saw first we saw class two-way number one Woodville Tompkins who we had at the Sportle Showcase event of course they were going up against number eight Wesleyan in class a private newly ranked team so you know, this was great. I was able to see Woodville, number one in Class 2A, and then I ran over to see number two in Class 2A, Farrell. You know, the thing that might separate these two teams, not saying that Farrell doesn't defend as well, but Woodville Tompkins, that, that's a team that's going to get after you defensively. They beat Wesley in 57-45, and they were doing this without their freshman sensation, Alfred Coxum, their point guard, who's averaging about 15 points per game. Now, Woodville Tompkins, they're the best team in Savannah. You can't debate it anymore. You know, they thumped, they beat down, they just really took it to Windsor Forest. They beat them like a drum. And then who do they see? They see Johnson Savannah in the championship over in that Savannah uh, tournament, and they won somewhat uh, about 66 58, somewhere around that area. Uh, they really handled their business, and they proved they are the team to beat. They are the best team on the coast. Yes, it was 66 58. You know, Preston Crisp had 17 points, Charleston Willingham 14, Bernard Pelote 13. Deontay Green, 11. But anyway, Woodville, you know, just really good defensively. They were up six points uh, going into the half. Preston Chris was solid again. He's not just going to be super flash or anything, but he's just a winning player. He's going to do the things that need to be done. Nice jump shooter, nice mid-range game. Hit uh, hit two threes, had 17 points and eight rebounds. Uh, Xavier Furlow, a guy who saw a lot of big minutes against Wesley, and he really stepped up in the absence of Coxum, you know, you know, finding some more minutes. He had 10 points and three rebounds, and that's not a guy you game plan for, but he was really good off the bench for Coach uh, Lenny Williams. Bernard Pelote had six points seven rebounds you know three steals two blocks three assists would like to see him be a little more aggressive as far as attacking the basket or scoring inside he settled for a couple three-pointers and his jump shot was off even though it looks nice uh but the guy that was really impressive sub-region player of the year last year when they were back down in class 1a charleston willingham with coax him out he stepped up he played that you know that point guard role that shooting guard role you know combo guard uh 13 points 12 rebounds he was just flying in there he's a pit bull he plays hard he's a good athlete i just mentioned it 13 12 have three assists and one steal and talking to coach williams before the game he said this kid really helped win us our last three games just shutting down you know johnson's best players just getting after it defensively and then when he's able to chip in points offensively it's a plus but he was really good really really good for 
Woodville, and he kind of closed it in the fourth quarter. He had seven points in that fourth quarter to shut the door. Um, well, seven points in the second half to shut the door. Uh, but Wesley, and I want to talk about them real quickly. Jalen Fullwood, he was hurt last year, didn't really hit his stride till you know midway through the season last year as a freshman. He had 14 points. You know, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block, athletic. Just, I just like his overall movements out there. He's a good athlete, football player, looked really good. He is going to have a really good career at Wesleyan. He's been there for a long time, so he's not a move, and he's been in there since, you know, elementary school, middle school. Very good. And then you couple him with Micah Smith. Another quick guard. I really like them. And then J.D. Uh, Cabell, uh, nine points, hit three threes. I like Wesley. Now, they, they're probably not going to compete for a state title, but they're going to be a team that, especially if they get hot from deep, they, they're a team that loves the threes. And, you know, they, they, they got cold against Woodville once Woodville was closing out on them. Uh, Wesleyan's a sneaky team that could slip their way into an Elite Eight. That might be their ceiling. But an Elite Eight, Wesleyan coach Griffin's team, uh, he's got to feel really good. I felt good about them. Even though their tallest player is probably 6'2", 6'3", that's going to hurt them, especially in Class A private. But that's a team that's going to knock down threes. They're going to be well coached they're going to be disciplined they're going to do a good job of defending i mean they only gave up 57 points to woodville tompkins now they only scored 45 but wesley and woodville tompkins both teams they got to feel very pleased with how they played against each other over there at the big south shootout and quickly i want to touch on a girls team north cobb they uh blew out number 10 burke county 52 to 27 i love north cobb's guards number three in class 7a Azana Austin, I think she could play Division One basketball. If not, she's going to play at a very good Division Two school. Just a junior, eleven points, seven rebounds, seven assists, four steals. Um, you talking about Sydney Thomas can really stretch the floor. She had fifteen points. Babin Vanderwall added eleven points. I really like North Cobb, and I really love what their coach was doing, just coaching them hard to the final buzzer. Uh, I really like what they have on the floor and on the sidelines, and a lot of that that crew is going to be coming back. You're talking Thomas and awesome just juniors and the rest kind of sophomores and juniors as well uh babin uh vanderwall a senior but i really like north cobb they were very impressive over there at the big south shootout at duluth high school we are going to talk about girls more at the end of the podcast but before we do want to close the loop on something we touched on in the last podcast we did ups and lee we said a lot we're going to know a lot more about 4a ups and lee they lost their first after 76 consecutive wins to discovery in a tale of two halves ups and lee was ahead at half but discovery pulled away in the second half also of note in 4a sandy creek beat westlake just a couple of days ago so number one took a loss the number two team in 4a sandy creek took a win and st Pius they beat um a out-of-state school in their own tournament at the buzzer just yesterday, I believe. Yeah, and, you know, Henry County's doing great stuff. They're flying under the radar a little bit, I guess. Uh, I believe they're ranked number four, and they're, you know, they're piling up the wins. They're doing good stuff. But I think there's three teams are the, 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 the top cut there. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm to say Sandy Creek is – the best team in class four, the most talented team in class four. It beat Westlake. You mentioned it 66, 62 Keith Williams, who transferred in from noon and had 19.6 rebounds. Julian Alexander's a true two guard. He had 15 points. TJ Bickerstaff, 13, 12 and five going to Drexel. You know, Sandy Creek, I think they're talent wise, hands down by far the best team in class four. Upsonly, we thought they were going to lose that game. Discovery, that's a tough match of just how big and talented, you know, Discovery really is. And they were up about 12 points at the end of the first quarter. Uh, 
but then they got into foul trouble. Zyree Scott uh, fouled out early on in the fourth quarter, and they hit free throws, and they extended it. Uh, but ultimately, they are still the, the number one ranked team. And again, until you beat Upson Lee, especially if you're a 4A school, they're going to be the number one team, and they're likely going to roll roll through the rest of their schedule except for Jones County. they got two tough matchups with Jones County coming. Uh, Trayvon Walker is not going to be playing against Jones County uh, when he has to go to that uh, Under Armour All-American Bowl or whichever All-American Bowl for football. So that's another one to circle. That's going to be a, a, a very tough test for Upson Lee, but I believe they're playing them at the castle. But Sandy Creek, I'm telling you, they're they're really good and uh our friend Wes mccard was on twitter taking people to school talking about how sandy creek and st pius and upsley they're all going to be on that left side of the bracket assuming they all get that number one seed and that's going to be a real shame to see all these teams meet in the elite eight and uh on that other side someone's gonna you know assumedly uh sneak into the uh the the state title game we're not going to see uh upsley versus you know sandy creek st pius it's all going to come before that but again ups and lead they're the number one team still now if they lose another another game if they get beat by jones county or get upset by someone in the region and sandy creek just keeps on winning uh sandy creek's probably going to take that number one spot but again ups and lead just because you lose one game to a very good team in discovery i could not drop them from the number one spot but sandy creek they are as good as advertised they are going to be very tough to beat come the state tournament that's a bit of foreshadowing for you. The uh, week seven rankings have not dropped yet as we're recording this on a Saturday. You're going to be hard at work tonight and tomorrow getting them and the girls' rankings ready to drop on Sunday and Monday, respectively. But if you happen to catch the podcast before the rankings drop, there is your justification. And we'll take it on to the girls' side, show the ladies some love at the end of 2018. Um, and let's just start. You talked about North Cobb, the number three ranked team in Class 7A, but just give us a rundown of 7A. Westlake's number one, 10 and 0. Collins Hill, number two, 12 and 1. And then North Cobb, Norcross, and Grayson round out the top five on the ladies' side in 7A, Kyle. Yeah, Westlake moved up to number one. Uh, Collins Hill, they were missing Jordan Relaford. Um, and they're very good and they're gonna, they're definitely gonna be a Elite Eight Final Four type team and have, they definitely have the talent to win the state title, but I wasn't super impressed. Uh, you know, Bria Harmon, she really struggles. She is great. She is fantastic. She's going to produce. She's great at getting into the paint and she can really create for others. But, you know, I saw her against Sequoia, and I saw her years ago as well, and I probably should see her some more. But she struggles to finish in the lane, and you're going to have to finish in the lane against top competition in Class 7A and definitely once she gets to college. But she's so great at getting into it and driving and kicking. But uh, uh, Kate Forey, she's uh, Kat Forey, Catherine Forey, she is such a dynamic, great three-point shooter. She's the best shooter in the state of Georgia. Um, but if teams can kind of game plan for that to say – Close out on her. Make her a driver. You're going to have your hands full at Javen Nicholson inside going to uh, Georgia. She's very, very good, as good as advertised. But there are some game plans for these better teams that have those athletes and can match up offensively. You can kind of game plan for stuff like that. Collins Hill, very good. But Westlake, uh, they've just been very impressive. They continue to win. And uh, North Cobb, they're, they don't have the super big superstar horses like Westlake and Collins Hill do, uh, but they're going to be very well coached. They're very disciplined. They're already beating McEachern. They've beaten you know, Marietta. They play a lot of good teams in a very tough region. Hillgrove's in there as well. Um, but Westlake and Collins Hill, just they have that star power. But don't sleep on Norcross. 
uh, as well. They're rounding into form, getting healthy. Uh, they're going to be very tough to beat also. In Class 6A, I believe we mentioned this in early December, uh, number one and number two, Lovejoy and Forest Park matched up at around December the 8th, I believe, and I don't think we ever gave you those results. So, Kyle, what happened in that game? Lovejoy beat Forest Park. They were about 20 points at halftime. Anaya Boyd was in foul trouble in the fourth quarter. I think she fouled out in, like, the fourth quarter. Uh, I believe that's what happened. Uh, And, uh, you know, Forest Park came back and cut it close and everything like that, and they took into overtime but lovejoy i mean this brian and anaya boy just two superstar guards they were just too good for um forest park and forest park is very talented obviously uh but they were just a little bit better in that game and those two are you know one and two they should be playing for a state championship glenn academy they got really hot they moved all the way up to number three but then just the other day they got beat by tattnall county who's a, a fringe team in class three who is very talented uh but uh, that was a tough loss for Glen Academy, but Lovejoy and Forest Park, that's, uh, that's, uh, the cream of the crop. They are near the top there in class 6A. Those are probably our two, two best teams in the state of Georgia are in the discussion for it, uh, most definitely. But Lovejoy, the guard play just a little too good for Forest Park. In class 5A, Villarica remains ahead of Buford in the week six rankings. Um, some new teams in the middle to bottom part of the class five though, Kyle. Yeah, and Villarica, they're supposed to be playing New Manchester, who's number ten in class six A. They're playing, I believe, tonight as we record this, so that could really change some things up. Uh you see veterans, Wayne County, Warner Robins who beat three ranked teams to get into the uh the top uh top ten in class five A. Uh, playing very good basketball but Villarica we will see a little bit more about how legit they are playing New Manchester if they fall tonight and Buford they they continue to play well I don't know what they're doing right now but if they they're still sitting there with just one loss uh, Buford could probably leap them and take over that number one spot in class 4a your number one is a 13 and 0 Carver Columbus uh, team not unfamiliar to the top spot and not unfamiliar to the state playoffs Spalding Madison County Henry County and Flowery Branch round out the top five there and Madison County they just suffered their first loss of the season the other night to Brookwood who has just been oh it's such a headache a talented team in class 7a but so up and down and up and down but they showed when they're clicking on all cylinders, they are very good. They beat Madison County. I think that was by double digits. Um, but, yes, Carver-Columbus, again, every single year, it feels like these past two years, they are the best team on paper. But Spalding with their defense are very tough. Just gritty team that knows how to win. The defending state champions with Coriana Banks inside, or Coriana Evans inside, excuse me, uh, very talented. And then Henry County, they're going to continue to win those games. They're starting to pile it up, and they're getting hot with a couple transfers trying to get all that cohesion. Uh, that's a very good team as well in Class 4A. Class 3A, no, unfamiliar, no unfamiliar names at the top. Excuse me. Beach, Morgan County, Jefferson, Johnson, Savannah, and Hart County GAC at 6-6 six and six is at number 6. Yeah, and uh, Beach, they're really they're playing some of the best of the best going on right now at the Big South uh, shootout. They got beat by Westlake the other day by about 14 points or so. It was like 60 to 46, but they played them pretty tight. They had a bad start to the game. They could not stop Raven Johnson, who just went crazy. Uh, but Morgan County, they've been shooting up. They've just been handling their business, beating everybody, and 
they're going to be having a tough game tonight. I know they're playing for the uh, the title and their uh, Sweet South, the Dirt and Rock Sweet South Classic Championship. Uh, they're going to be playing Veterans High School, who uh, we just mentioned uh, a little bit earlier in that Class 5A. They're number eight in Class 5A. So another really good test for Morgan County and Jefferson. They just got beat by Boyd County. I think they're like nationally ranked out of Tennessee. They got beat by about 40 points. Uh, but Class 3A uh, getting very, very interesting. You can't deny that. But, again, I just feel like Beach, who is going out there, and they're just challenging themselves, playing the best of the best. They were playing uh, St. Francis uh, earlier today and I can get you a result on that in just a second but they're they're going out there they're playing all these teams and they're they're losing they got beat 57 to 45 uh, today by St. Francis but Beach a team that just doesn't have these division one players that are going out in recent years but they're just scrappy they play extremely hard they play with the chip on their shoulder and they will not get blown out by anybody they will play you balls to the wall and they just play great defense and they get after it and uh, again I just feel like if you're going to win the state championship in class three it's going to go through Savannah whether it's Johnson or Beach it's going to be tough to get a state ring without going through one of these teams on the coast in class 2a your top five are Douglas Dodge County Lane Bryan County and Fitzgerald how do you see class 2a shaking out in the near future uh you know Laney beat Burke County by one point, sixty-one sixty, I believe. And after I saw Burke County play at North Cobb, I know North Cobb's very, very good, very, very good in Class Seven A. Burke County did not look very good. Uh, Keani Westbrook going to Charleston Southern. She was held two points and three rebounds, but um, I don't think Laney's winning the state championship in two A. This Douglas should run the table. They should win a state championship. Now, I think Dodge County is very good as well. I think they have a shot. They just got to avoid those stinker games or, you know, one out of every 15, 17, 18, 20 games. It happens to the best of us. Everybody has an off night. Dodge County just has to avoid that off night, and they could be, you know, very, very tough to beat. But a team that uh, we are having them at the number five spot right now, I mean, Fitzgerald, they're 11-0, or at least last week. They just played Putnam County, who we had at number 7 in Class 2A. They punished them 81-53. to Trinity Jones, 29 points. Haley Ross, 16-10. and Kiara Boone, 15-7. and Kaya Crook, 9 points. So Fitzgerald, they're, they're right there as well in Bryan County. Number 4 with Alana Rawls, who just put in like 35 points against ECI in a 69-59. I think that was a final score victory, 10-point win. You got a star right there. So Class 2A, it's going to be tough, but I just think Douglas, they got Nakia Thompson going to Jacksonville State, and they got a good team that plays everybody. I still think Douglas is a heavy favorite right now in Laney. I don't know. They'll find a way. You got to beat Laney to win Class 2A eventually, and until someone does it, you know, you can't count them out. But I don't think Laney is Laney of old, especially with Daisha Benjamin over there at Alabama right now. In Class A private, the three bigs occupy the top three spots, and undefeated Wesleyan at number one, St. Francis and Holy Innocence at two and three, respectively. Lakeview Academy has the number four spot. Do you think this is how the final four is going to end up on the girls' side of Class A private club? Um, I think Elka is starting to hit the groove a little bit. Um, they 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 lost to GMC the other week, which was a bad loss. Even though GMC is very good, Class A public school. Um, I think the the top three. I mean, we we got to see if St. Francis if um they get Savannah Samuel eligible. 
but Wesleyan, they just continue to roll. Wesleyan does not like to play a lot of the, the top, top, tippy top teams in the state. They'll play some very good teams, but they're not, they're not one to really always challenge themselves. But uh, I still think Wesleyan's the best team in Class A private with that system. I think Azar is a very good coach and everything, and you can't take any way, anything away from them. Uh, but Holy Innocence, they're starting to hit their glue, groove with a, a Jill back in the middle, uh, patrolling the paint. I think Holy Innocence is starting to play their best ball in St. Francis. Again, I think they're X factor. Uh, it just depends if Samuel gets back. If Samuel is not ever eligible or cleared to play, uh, they're going to go by the wayside, and it's just going to be Wesleyan versus Holy Innocence in the state championship again. And I think that's it. And Lakeview, again, they're playing well, but I think they suffered a loss at the, um, an early loss at the, uh, Lanier Land tournament, and that kind of hurt some. Uh, North Hall is playing very good basketball over there, who we have ranked in, I think, uh, Class 3A. They're doing very well. Um, but yeah, um, those three teams in Class A private, and then I, I think Elka might be able to find a way to steal that four spot but mount Perrin, they're 11 and 0 dating back to last week can't sleep on them but i don't know if they have enough star power to crack that final four in class a public marion county gmc telfair county wheeler county and greenville are in the top five what's significant about class a public this year um i think gmc because they had a uh, uh you know one of their best players last year did not finish the season with the team after like 11 or 12 games and they were undefeated with her and she's still playing and if she's able to stay eligible or whatever stay healthy the entire time gmc is a a very tough team uh but you know marion county they're they're continuing the role they beat hardaway 58 to 40 today they got the the whitley sisters inside both virginia tech signees for softball and you know it's hard to match up against two very athletic 6-1 girls inside like that um, but Greenville's been playing pretty well. Wheeler County's kind of slipped back. Telfer County, they took a really bad loss again. Dodge pounded them by about 25 or so. Uh, but Marion County and GMC are two teams I'm tracking with Greenville, that young team, um, waiting there at number five. I think they have a chance to kind of strike and get back into the Final Four. Kyle, that was a quick rundown of all eight classifications on the girls' side. We tried to keep this podcast short, so we hit the storylines, and we'll have more content for you in the new year. From the Sandy Spiel team, we hope you continue to follow us in the new year. We've loved all the coverage we've been able to provide you in 2018 and wishing you and your family a happy new year as we head into 2019. As always, until next time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ryan. This is Ryan, and be safe out there.